Welcome to The Winsome Creationist, where we explore God's world using a model-building approach, interact with a gracious tone, and take a firm stand on the literal truth of creation found in God's Word. Join host Steve Schramm and occasional guest as they explore the mysteries and majesties from creation to the flood, Babel to the cross, and everywhere in between. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, in this episode of The Winsome Creationist, I want to talk about the real question that we should be dealing with when we're looking at the issue of creationism and creation research, okay? Most people think that the questions we should be asking are, how does this particular thing prove that the Bible is true? Or how does this evidence fit with these questions about radiometric dating or these questions about biological evolution or whatever it is? Not to say that these are necessarily bad, but I think when we are Thinking about the larger picture of creation research, if we're focused on trying to get the specific answer to an apologetics question, then we are going to miss out in a big way on some of what God wants us to discover. And so I'm excited to sort of share this perspective with you. Now, at the International Conference on Creationism last month, which was, again, just a fantastic time. I was fortunate to sit in on a like four-hour discussion after one of the talks um, with Dr. Kurt Wise. It was me, Dr. Kurt Wise, uh, Peter Brummels, um, uh, Christian uh, Milligan, um, and just some others uh, that were around that table as well. Nate Loper was there, and it was really fun. We got to talk about um, a, a wide variety of things, including some of Dr. Wise's thoughts on various issues uh, within the, um, I guess you could say the politics of creationism, but also within just the, the current research and, and science and where we're at on some of those uh, questions. And it was just very, very fascinating. And he said something that was really, really uh, striking. And the question that he suggested that we start asking is something like this, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it's something like this. As we as we look at something, it's we ask the question, how does this show me something about God? How does this, whatever this is, show me something about God? I find it fascinating that there are some big creationist ministries who take a presuppositional apologetics approach. And yet most of the work that they do is in the realm of um, proving that the Bible can be trusted with science. Now, I am not suggesting that there is some huge conflict between presuppositional apologetics and using evidence, okay? This is not the topic of this podcast, but that is a myth. It's not that there's a conflict between them. Presuppositionalists will use and point to evidence for their conclusions all of the time. But listening to Dr. Wise speak, I thought, man, this is almost like an even better expression of presuppositionalism than you usually find. And it's purely from a research standpoint, okay? We're not talking about necessarily doing apologetics here. That's the point. And in fact, this podcast is not an apologetics podcast. The And you've, you've maybe noticed that, at least I hope you have. 
um, because the intent of this podcast has never been to um, uh, look at apologetics and say, well, we're trying to prove creation is true by blah, 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 blah. That's not the point. We're taking that model building approach and we're trying to look and see, well, what does the latest research show about um, God's creation? And I think really we're just trying to extend that a little bit here and say, well, how does this show me something about God? And so when we have tough questions, and um, we can go into some of the specifics on this at some point, but but when you have tough questions about, you know, something that you're seeing in the fossil record or, you know, it's like, well, if the flood, if the, if, if the post-flood boundary is here, then this creates these problems, or if the post-flood boundary is here, then it creates these problems. No matter what you're doing when you're exploring, if we're always just trying to come to some sort of ideological answer to, to answer a skeptic or answer a, a critic, then we're not really allowing ourselves to explore. So when you can rest in the comfort of, okay, God's word says this, number one. Number two, whatever we find, by the way, feathered dinosaurs, okay? Whatever we find out there in the big sciencey world, okay? Let's look at it and let's say, is this true? First of all, Okay, if it's true, then we say, well, how does this show me something about God? So if it looks like we have feathered dinosaurs, then it's like, well, how does this show me something about God? Am I, am I, am I, gonna, am I just going to spend all my time trying to prove that dinosaurs didn't have feathers? Because then that would play into the evolutionary argument that dinosaurs are birds. Or maybe we can just sort of acknowledge the fact that... Um, God made multiple kinds of animals with feathers. Would that be okay? Maybe he's diverse enough to do that and wants to do that, and it's perfectly fine. See, if we're, if we're not always looking to prove the Bible or, honestly, to take it even further, if we're, if we're not always trying to disprove evolution, then we are welcome to explore in the direction of questions that might seem difficult. And this is another one of the things that Dr. Wise was talking about, okay? He mentioned um, tackling the hardest problems that you possibly can head on because, number one, that's just a good practice anyway. It's kind of like steel manning an argument. You always want to deal with the best version of an argument, not the weakest version. Well, if you've got three problems and there are varying degrees of difficulty, tackle the hardest one first. If they are related problems, you might find that by tackling problem three, you also get to tackle problems two and one. And it's very fascinating when you take this approach and said, because you, again, you're resting in the completed final word of God. You are not trying to do apologetics by doing science, right? You're trying to instead understand God's created world, not question God's written word. Two big, huge differences. And so when you lean into that perspective, then you can start exploring. And where the answers may lead you might be interesting. You might have unexpected results. And if you have unexpected results, is that then a reason to question God? No. It is then a reason to say, huh, I wonder why God did it this way. <laughs> Do you see that? And, and I know that there are some who are going to listen to this and be upset with it, but I'm just telling you, this is the point. This is why. This is I, I don't need science to tell me that the Bible is true. The Bible has been historically proven time and time again. I'm not worried about that. The Bible, the Bible is true. This is God's word. Like it's, it's been true for me in my own life. It's been, it's been, you know, uh, there's independent verification for 
um, the the, um, the the birth and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and there is um, fantastic prophetic evidence and lots of evidence from internal consistency and all kinds of things that show that the Bible is God's word. I'm not worried about that stuff. I'm doing science and I'm saying, how did God do this? Why did God do it this way? How does this show me something about God? What does this tell me about how God is a creator? That's the right question to ask. Not how does this fix my problem? How does this skirt this objection? How do I get around this particular issue? No, it's how does this show me something about God? And I think this is one of the primary reasons that the model building approach of creationism, there's just such a bright future because more and more I see people asking those questions, right? The question of how does this show me about God? What, what, what am I missing here that I didn't understand before? How do I tackle the hardest version of this problem so that I can go in and be surprised? And over and over again, when creationists have taken that path, it has led to fruit. The, just the example that's in the forefront of my mind because we talked about it that evening was Dr. Kurt Weiss's floating forest model, right? He had all these little questions, and each one could have been tackled individually, but there was just a, a big, larger, overarching question. And when he went to solve that problem and posited the floating forest theory, it not only um, explained the original problem that he was trying to solve, which was the or evolutionary order of plants, it solved a bunch of other things he had been thinking about too, arguably even more solutions than the evolutionary explanation gave. And it was it was so fascinating to hear him tell the stories of how back in his Harvard days with Dr. Stephen Jay Gould, they would have these conversations where um, obviously like he couldn't say um, out loud the problems because of the impl implications and things like that, but they had an understanding between them that um, there was a specific thing that, that Dr. Gould would say whenever they were having a discussion and Dr. Wise's solution solved the problems better than Dr. Gould's solution. Um, all of this where Dr. Gould knew that Dr. Wise was a professing creationist and just so fascinating to hear those stories and to see the fruit of this thinking in, um, in someone's life. And I think that if we start to ask that question instead, how does this show me something about God, right? And you can take this anywhere on any of your apologetics type of questions, even instead of thinking, gosh, well, how do I overcome this problem of the fact that people get sent to hell? If you ask a different question, if you say, well, what does hell show me about God? I know that's a difficult one, but it's true. What does hell show me about God? Well, it shows me lots of things about God. It shows me that God takes himself and his word seriously. It, it shows me that, that judgment is part of God's ultimate plan and that rightness and what is good and just will be restored in God's world. And that people just can't get away willy-nilly with the evil that they want to get away with. And so it shows me quite a bit, actually, about God. I hope that gives you a little bit of a new and different perspective when it comes to thinking about these questions. Again, don't spend all of your time focused on apologetics and getting around problems and, and answering skeptics. Spend your time um, thinking about God and His glory and how deeper exploration of His creation can lead to these sort of insights. I think that it's a much more peaceful way to live. It's a happier way to live. And it is a way to live that is honoring to God. And I think that's what matters most. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for listening in and watching this episode of The Winsome Creationist. God bless, and we'll see you on the next one.